after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of After These Messages. This is a podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones, and the bad ones, and the ones where hippies say weird shit like this. Hey man, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah man, well turn it up man! My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We are your co-hosts. Hey Genevieve. Hi Andrew. So as you know, we are rocking out with our podcast out today. Yes. I came up with that earlier today. I literally wrote that down. Could you see that? I wrote that phrase yeah, down. Yeah, it's in the script. It. Uh, Believe it or not, we've got one. It made the cut. <laughs> it made the cut. Uh, so today we're looking at commercials uh, that use a pop song or maybe commercials in the past that have used pop songs so effectively that now you totally associate the product with that song. So like a song comes on the radio and you immediately think of that Diet Coke commercial from the 90s. I don't think there actually is a Diet Coke commercial. I was trying to think that I thought for sure there would be some soda commercials or cola commercials that iconically used a song so that when you hear that song, you immediately I, think of the commercial. I know but, we've talked, you know, in many contexts about the Cindy Crawford Pepsi commercial. Yeah. But I think that the song that they play during that, although it has other associations, it's just one look. Oh, um, okay. I think I think people have a pretty strong association with that song, albeit that it has other you know contexts. I'm things. trying to think if I did really hear it outside of the just context. one look. That's all it took. Just one. Yeah, I guess I I guess I do. I guess I. I was going to say I wish I had the audio queued up for that, but hearing you sing was so much better than <laughs> uh, than a YouTube link. So that is the theme today. We're doing things a little bit differently. We had a lot of uh, emails from you guys on this topic, not because we put a call out. You guys were just writing to us a lot about it. So it's in the zeitgeist. So we are going to. Um, we're not going to be doing a separate uh, segment at the end, all about feedback. We're mixing the feedback in. Uh, into the show today. It's a show casserole. It's a show casserole, and I am the Fritos, and you are the three layers of cheese? I like maybe like cheese, beans, and sour cream. Oh, I also meant to say we have so much to cover today that I'm going to work really hard to keep us on the clock and zipping through this, and as... You and I were trying to figure out what layer of the casserole we are. I have this little bell in the back of my head that says, you know what? Let's move on. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, this idea for a, a theme show like this came from mostly listeners. And uh, you got one email here from your sister that I think really sums it up. Perfectly. Yeah, this was from my sister, Julia. Um, and it, she was really the first person in, uh, of, among our listeners to suggest this as a specific show topic. So, thank you, Julia. Uh, she wrote in, the other day, Aretha Franklin's Natural Woman came on, and I had the sudden urge to buy hair color, as I remember the commercials from the 90s. It got me thinking about songs and commercials, not jingles, but popular songs. There was a suave commercial that used Come On Y'all by Salme Dahlstrom, uh, and an early iPod or iPhone commercial that used No Sleep Tonight by The Faders. I actually purchased these songs after hearing them on the commercials and think of the commercials every time I hear them. Uh, she says there was also some cruise ship commercial back in the 90s that used uh, Lust for Life. We'll definitely talk about that one, uh, which at the time was closely associated with train spotting, which, again, was a weird, weird uh, uh, cross association. Um, so this she goes on. So I just thought it was interesting the way popular songs can um, be ingrained 
uh, in various associations in our minds that last for years. And I thought she was right. I think it's a great idea for, for a show. You get an and, associate producer credit, Julia. Um, I will make the decisions on that. It depends on how <laughs> well the show goes. If it doesn't go so great, I'll, I'll, I'll give her some of the blame. Um, but I think that that... Um, that I guess it's Clairol, Natural Instincts commercial, Natural Woman. This, yeah, th- this rings true to me. This is an iconic song that you associate with a product now. Looking out on the morning rain. Maybe it's time for a hair color that's actually good for your hair. Natural Instincts from Clairol has aloe, chamomile, and ginseng. Natural Instincts gives you rich, natural-looking color, and your hair is better conditioned than before you colored it. Elevator doors open. Handsome man on the elevator catches the woman singing I, that song. I remember that, like, she turns around all embarrassed, but, like, cute embarrassed when yeah. he sees her rocking out. Uh, I remember that as soon as I saw her with her headphones on listening to the song, I was like, uh-oh, it's going to be a cute embarrassment moment. I was reading your sister's email today, and I was like, yeah, I remember, natural woman. That That's so right. But then I was like, but I could have sworn it was jeans like i don't associate that with hair color at all i associate oh, really? it with jeans and i remembered i was like chick jeans wasn't that a brand chick jeans like i think it was uh, uh, yeah no i think it's pronounced chick right or well chic? that word would be pronounced chic. yeah i guess but i i was such a little kid i just saw c-h-i-c and it never even occurred to me to question it at at my uh age of 39 now but um just to make sure I wasn't crazy, I did a little Googling, and I did find this. Now, I think this is mostly the song, but I want this doesn't ring a bell to you at all, no. the chic or chic jeans I don't even remember that song. there were jeans called chic jeans. Yeah, let's take a listen to this. The day I met you, Very 80s. Woman gets out of a car. She's all dressed up for a date, but then she strips off all of her uncomfortable, like, date clothes. Slips into a pair oh, I do of remember. Chic jeans. I do remember chic jeans now. Chic. Man, the eighties loved a woman in a man's white button down. Yes, I, 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 it's a classic. Look, the eighties also loved very high waists. Yeah, like Obama would have turned those pants down. Did that song, which was an, it's a huge, you know, I'm sure that song has like on multi-platinum or something like did that song suddenly go into the public domain for a year or something yeah, like why right. was That's, it on everybody's playlist? well i think that i think the I'm just going to keep saying chick jeans because that's how I grew up saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm not 100% sure that I'm right. So if somebody wants to give us the 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 verdict on that, please do. Wouldn't it be funny if like chick was just like somebody's last name? It's like, yeah, it's a good name. I started this jean company. I'm going to give it my last name. And it just happens to be a word that also means fashionable. Right, exactly. Um, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I can't remember. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure that commercial, the jeans commercial, came out well before the Clairol stuff. Those it, Clairol, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the Clairol, Clairol looks yeah. like early 90s. The the jeans commercial looks like... Uh, solid hard, 80s. Solid 80s. Solid, solid 80s. Um, Julia also mentioned the Royal Caribbean using the Iggy Pop song that most people associate with train spotting. A couple of odd things about this is these commercials came out not very long quite, after. Quite soon, actually. Yeah, it, yeah, when it was still very front and center for people that Lust Her Life had been the kind of soundtrack of this movie all about heroin users. Yeah. Now, let's take a quick listen to this commercial, um, and, uh, and then we can dissect it a little bit. We've come to the Caribbean in search of something this family rarely sees. 
I've heard rumors it still exists, but I don't know. The family's with some kind of sulky-looking teens. Wait, there it is. She's actually smiling. And then it's gone in a flash. Don't just take your family on a vacation. Take them on an adventure. Find out how at RoyalCaribbean.com and get out there. I mean, obviously on the face of it, a song called Lust for Life that has that beat or whatever, it's like, it's perfect for any kind of product that's like, get out there and, and grab life. You mentioned the connection to Train Spotting, a movie about heroin, but I think more to the point, that was used in the movie about heroin because this song is it's about, also heroin. about heroin. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's not so much that, a, now it was front and center that, like we said, it came on the heels of that movie, which was interesting timing, but anybody kind of taking a song about heroin uh, especially having it underscored by train spotting like that. I call that. this the the Born in the USA syndrome hmm. because Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen is not really an anthem about how right. awesome our country is. Right. It's actually pretty cynical. But of course, you know, the chorus is like got that dry, you know, like, like that really, you know, like slow beat and it's like very, like mm-hmm. it builds to a big climax. And if you don't really think about the actual words in the rest of the song, it sounds like you know, a real celebration of America. Um, and so I think that some politicians <laughs> have used it uh, Ill, ill-advisedly. Yes. And of course, and people, I mean, not to call anybody out, but, you know, 4th of July, any party you go to, the little gathering we went to this yes. year, it's always just like, hey, play that song. And it's like, that is not a, that is not a, you know, shake your fist and America F yeah song. That's a America, America F no. That's an America we have some problems. Um, <laughs> the, the song um, uh, was it uh, not uh, Middle of the Road I think um, by the Pretenders uh, is about Akron, Ohio and I saw them perform it live years and years ago and in Akron and they start listing all of the um, all of the cities around. They just do this. Or she does this thing where she just like starts being like uh, Maplebury Heights and the crowds going crazy. She's just like listing every single one, but that whole song is about like I went back to my city and my city was gone. It sucks now. Yeah, but she does this extended version of it in Akron and the crowd goes crazy. People like to hear the name of the place that they're from. That's that is that's a scientific fact. That is a science. If, if we could somehow harness that truth, we could power like New York. Um, so the next song that uh, Julia mentioned in her email, and then we'll move on to some other emails, um, was for Suave, mm-hmm. the shampoo. Shampoo. Now, this one, I was completely unfamiliar with the commercial, unfamiliar with the song, unfamiliar with the musician, but Genevieve, don't worry, it doesn't mean I don't have a lot to say about it. Okay. Let's start... <laughs> Let's start by listening to the commercial. Do you know this one, by the way? Did you know it before? I didn't, but I wonder if I'll recognize the music. Yes, I recognize it. So you know the um, song, or you recognize the commercial and the song? I recognize the song. I don't recognize this commercial. So the visuals of this commercial are... um, uh, an attractive kind of like mom momish woman, but but yeah, she's got kids around. She's got kids. So, yeah. uh, the top half of the screen is her, um, kind of like in I guess like in the shower, not in the shower, but like apparently like she, apparently unclothed, or maybe just, just wearing a t- uh, sleeve. Yeah, she's 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 wearing just like some sort of a dress or something with just like small straps. Well, anyway, she's she's very casual, uh, and and it's just focused on her hair. So all you're seeing on the top half of the screen is her kind of like 
tossing her head and enjoying her hair, but the and bottom being kind of sexy and fresh. Yeah, and then the bottom half of the screen is all of the things that she's doing. Her 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 body is clothed, and you're seeing all the rest of the things she's doing with her day, like you know, childcare, shopping, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to give the kids their toys. She looks very hectic from the shoulders down, but the sexy and fresh yes. shoulders up. So, yeah. so I had never seen that before, but I, I told you, Vives, it doesn't stop me from talking like crazy. I had to look up the artist Salme Dahlstrom does that song, um, and it seemed like your sister knew that name right away. And again, maybe your sister like kind of went and bought that song because she liked it. Um, but uh, from the official bio of Salme Dahlstrom, it says... The Wall Street Journal dubbed her a savvy singer and music licensing queen when, like Moby before her, she managed to license every track from her 2008 album, The Acid Cowgirl Audio Trade, to various corporations and television programs. So I feel like you're bearing the lead that Moby accomplished this. Yeah, that kind of doesn't surprise me because he's got... Um, Moby fans will obviously recognize it, but it can just blend into the background without screaming at you. It's just good, ethereal. That's like some of this kind of ethereal or It's very background. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, No offense to to Moby fans. And some of his stuff, obviously, you hear it and you know it in a second, like the one they use on This American Life all the time. But anyway, I thought that's a perfect transition to the next email because we do live in this age now where... And probably because of partially because of uh, people like me who downloaded a lot of music in the early uh, 2000s uh, using what do we use uh, Kaza or something? I remember there was the Kaza, fr- and then remember before that there was uh, there's Napster. Well, of course, there was Napster, but I never used Napster. But I remember you you, you and your roommates taught me about Kaza, and it. I don't know what you're life. talking about. <laughs> I never illegally downloaded any music. <laughs> And uh, and so prank call, prank call. <laughs> that is an issue, obviously, with the the music industry. Musicians aren't getting paid, so that changed the game like big time. In the early two thousands, the way you could be like kind of an indie rocker but still get paid was go ahead and license your music, and there almost seemed to be more of an acceptance of that. It was almost, I mean, this could be a totally inaccurate view from my perspective, but I almost kind of look at it as like, well. It was a bunch of broke, hipster-liking music guys and gals who kind of put the industry in this place because they were downloading it. So it's kind of like, okay, the shins, you want to use your commercial or use your song in a McDonald's commercial? Sure. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of opprobrium heaped on on the kinds of bands that sold their music like that. And I think it was seen as like a pretty good way for everyone to win. Um, you know, indie bands could make a living and continue to record music and the rest of the world could continue to, you know, just blatantly steal it. Would you mind? Chris- it is, I mean, it's sort of in in some ways, it heralded the the onset of free media supported by advertising. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Christopher hits on this with an email. Do you mind reading that? Sure. Uh, Christopher says, "I was up late last night talking with a musician friend of mine. We got onto the subject of how super hipster bands are selling their songs to major advertisers without seeming to lose a, a single ounce of their cred. It all seemed to have started with the Shins doing an ad for McDonald's." Once that ad aired and the world didn't end, other bands followed suit. Iron and Wine doing ads for both M&M's and McDonald's and so on. And Iron and Wine, and I'm going to pause here and just say, mm-hmm. maybe Iron and Wine did do an ad for M&M's. I know that The The did an ad for M&M's mm-hmm. that to me is very iconic. And I, I can't hear it without hearing it. It's that song, This Is The Day. 
Yeah, um, we have that coming up, and I have the McDonald's as I, I really want you to see it, the Iron and Wine McDonald's. Oh, great. Um, so he finishes up, uh, as a music lover, I find this phenomenon fascinating. Would love to hear your thoughts on this if it strikes your fancy. Fancy struck. <laughs> hey, someone just struck my fancy. <laughs> Who can I call? <laughs> State Farm is there. Um, <laughs> uh, so the Shins McDonald's commercial, I was not able to find any um, it, the, any actual video of it, uh, but I have a vague memory of it. It was they were used that song "New Slang." That's this song, and most people recognize it. Yeah, what movie uh, made this super famous? Uh, uh, the one with Zach Braff, Braff uh, yeah. Garden State. Garden State, yeah. This song is so good that I was fooled into thinking that movie was good. I know, a lot of people were, <laughs> um, myself included. And, and this, I think that new slang, this particular song, epitomizes the kind of music that we are talking about yeah. here. The very delicate, very gentle... Uh, whatever you know, indie rock thing that was very, very big in the uh, in the early two thousands. Um, I did not, like I say, find the actual um, uh, commercial. Sorry, I'm a little distracted here, but I did find a Seattle Times article all about it uh, from the year two thousand two. Headline: The shit. Oh, by the way, it's Seattle Times because they were a, a sub pop band or are mm. a sub pop band. And, yeah. Um. Uh. The it's by Tom Scanlon. I'm going to read here. Here's the lead. McShins? Question mark. Burn. If you were brokenhearted over the likes of the Dandy Warhols and badly drawn boy music and Gap commercials, oh and, yeah, I'm barely over it. And Nick Drake and Groove Armada over car ads. That's right. I meant to look up. There was a Nick Drake ad. I think they took Pink Moon. Remember that? Uh, when hold on a second here. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to just do this on the fly. Let's type in Pink uh, Moon car commercial. Because I loved Nick Drake when I... Uh, let's looks like it's a VW. VW ad. You will recognize this song in a second, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Guy driving at night. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, and he's got a little moonroof. Looks like there's a bunch of young people in the car driving at night. This is so evocative. I've been in cars with friends driving at night, and a song, maybe not this particular song, but like a song will come on. Um, like I, there's a particular MGMT song that I remember driving around in a car with some friends mm. and just thinking like, oh, like this is a really special moment. Mm -hmm. And that this commercial does such a great job of capturing that yeah. experience. I, and I feel like in so many ways, Nick Drake was the, the prototype for these bands that would end up coming along yeah. 40 years later. Like it's hard to hear that Nick Drake song and not think they must have been a huge influence on the shins. Absolutely, right. And yeah. so uh, again, there's this period and oh, that, we're that still makes you want a cabrio a in fact. <laughs> so it worked anyway, back to the Seattle times article, the shins, the new Mexico indie pop band that leads a new wave of sub pop bands has its catchy new slang tune being used in some McDonald's spots during the Olympics. That's right, McDonald's. As a poster on PitchforkMedia.com message board put it, I was watching the Olympics and I just heard new slang by the shins in a bleeping McDonald's commercial. Anyway, this is great journalism here uh, from the Seattle Times. Some pretty good analysis. But yeah, I mean, people were pretty upset about it, I guess, at it the time. It seems so but quaint like, now to me. Like, it's, yeah. it's so sort of like... Uh, you know, pearl clutching 
And it just, uh, you know, how long ago was that article written? That was 2002. So, you know, yeah. uh, 12 years later, 14 years later, uh, it just seems like hilariously, um, uh, you know, quaint to me. Before we get into the McDonald's one with Iron and Wine, I want to tell you the one that is kind of like that for me, that mm-hmm. is kind of in, it's not as delicate, the kind of music, but the uh, Of Montreal is a band I went through, a big Of Montreal uh, I phase, and um, Outback Steakhouse, even if you don't know who, I'll bet you, oh, I'm, I know for certain that more people just think of this as a jingle, I think and that's have probably no true. idea that there's a band that begins with a preposition, so here's the um, commercialized version of it, and you are going to recognize it. <laughs> Flick out the day. Go out back tonight. But the steak is thick and juicy. The shrimp is grilled and sweet. The chicken tender. Your only worry is which to choose. Let's go out back tonight. And I he- I hear that and I can't stop myself. I want to laugh out loud. Yeah. And, but it doesn't bother me because again, hey, listen. In my day, I bought a lot of of Montreal CDs. I also know that I first got into them when I was buying them or when I was just kind of taking them without purchasing them. I don't know if there's a word for the English language doesn't have a word for that Not yet. when you take something without paying for it. But nope. uh, I'm, I don't know, possibly the Eskimos do. But anyway, <laughs> um, I it, I think a lot of like hipsters and of Montreal fans were just like, what is this crap? Because here, take a listen to the, just so you know what a kind of pretentious band they are. And I love them. But the original name of this song is Wraith Pinned to the Mist and Other Games. Here's the original version uh, cut to the chorus. I love it. Like the line was, "Let's pretend we don't exist. Yeah. Let's pretend we're in no, Antarctica." It couldn't be a greater delta <laughs> yeah, between know. the product that they advertise and not just allow their song to be used for, but like actually like was re-recorded. I don't know if it's them who's re-recording. I don't think it. so. But I mean, you know, they sold it. They signed off on Clearly. it. Like, I'm sure they made a lot of money off of that, or at least Let's hope. to at least offset some more albums or something. And good on them. Good on them. But I have to say, that's the one where I'm kind of like. I, I I don't mind rolling my eyes a little bit. Unlike even unlike the Shins advertising for McDonald's, like the, the Shins had a good song, they recorded a good song. McDonald's heard it and thought, "Hey, this is a this is a feeling and a and a, a look and feel or whatever like a, a tone that we want to associate with our product. Hey, can we pay you some money? We'll use it." Mm-hmm. Somehow, the fact that they rewrote the lyrics of. Wraith pinned to the mist in other games. <laughs> uh, it, it, specifically to be a jingle makes it extra sort of like sellouty. Again, band, the bands should make money however they want to do it. it. It doesn't change how much I liked the how much I like their their original music. But it does feel a little bit more like a cash grab. Now, I'm just thinking of this now, but... It's also a product, just to finish, sorry. Yeah, I no, please. Was... I, what I was going to say is not very interesting. It's also a product. Outback Steakhouse is, and this may sound classist, but it's kind of like a real sub- hardcore suburban product. Mm-hmm. And there are products out there. I would say Volkswagen is probably one of them. Um, there, you know, There are other products that have a different vibe to them. 
and rightly or wrongly, I would probably have judged of Montreal a little less harshly for becoming associated mm-hmm. with it. I, it does make me think of, and I wish I could tell you I knew this from reading a book or watching a documentary even, but no, I know it from watching the um, Doors movie starring... It's kind of uh, like a documentary. It's kind of like a documentary with Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin mm-hmm. um, playing well, Robbie Val Krieger. Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I couldn't think of Val Kilmer's name. A young Meg um, Ryan. And, uh, and uh, oh, no, no, Robbie. Anyway, I don't have to list the whole. People know this movie. It's kind of corny, but I was obsessed with it I know. when I was a, a, a tween or whatever. And there's a scene in there. Let's assume that it's based on uh, some truth that um, the some somebody in the doors management wanted to sell a song to a for a commercial, like some sort of 1960s household commercial. And I think the what was it like? Jim wouldn't allow it, and he got all pissed that somebody like signed, signed off on it, or maybe Based they did it after he Jim. died or something. That like sounds that. like him. I just did a really quick. This is always gets me in trouble. Um, I did a really quick search on those terms: doors, commercial music, and I found. An Ajax commercial from 19, uh, 1960-something. Let's see if this has a door song in it. Oh, I love this door song. Oh, my God. Riders on the Ajax. <laughs> okay. Clearly, my Googling, my Google foo your, is not yeah, quite where it needs your go- to be. Your Google luck ran out. Let's go to um, let's let's go back to the the email though from Christopher who mentioned the McDonald's uh, using an iron and wine song. I was unfamiliar with this, but I. Uh, I found it today, and it is a great commercial. Uh, I'm just going to have to – you guys are just going to have to listen to Iron and Wine for about a minute while Genevieve watches this commercial for the first time, and then we're going to have to talk about it because it makes you want to cry, and then at the very end when you remember what the product is, you kind of want to punch yourself in the head for almost crying. Let's just take a listen to this. Um, The name of the commercial Now, these have not exactly become iconic, I would say, since I've never even seen I had never seen this one before. This is a a minute long. It is... I I find it, like, emotionally very effective. Okay. Sometimes you picture me I'm walking too far ahead you're calling to me I can't hear what you said Then you say, go slow I fall behind The second hand unwinds If you're lost, you can look And you will find me Time after time if you fall, I will catch you, I'll be waiting, time after time. We all want better for our kids. Time after time. Introducing a better chicken McNugget. It's like I'm literally, I, we'll describe what we saw, but I'm, this happened to me twice now. It's so I literally almost have a tear coming out of my eye, and then he says, introducing a better chicken McNugget, and I feel like I am the victim of a horrible prank, an yeah. horribly emotional prank. I realize now that I have seen this, and I, I had always been watching it with half an eye, and I'll explain what we're looking at in a second here. I never understood the turn at the end. So what you see throughout that song is a split screen. On the left side of the screen is a little boy, and it looks the the color palette is a little more seventies. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and on the right side of the screen is a little girl, and the color palette is a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. You Every- can, they're the exact same age, boy, girl. Both of them could not be more cute. Very cute. So every experience the boy has, he's playing with like an, an Atari. He passes his Atari uh, controller across the split screen. And when the little girl receives it, it's now a modern Xbox controller. Right. He has a little stuffed dog. When he passes it across the screen, it's a real dog. He has a, a bike, a 10-speed. When he passes it across the screen, it it's a much more like modern yeah, looking. It's a 1970s, I think, just kind of like dirt bike kind of thing. And then she gets it, and it's a modern like kind of hybrid 10-speed or something. So they're clearly having some experience where these two children who seem to be the same age, he's giving her something, but it's like a better version every time. Final scene, they're sitting side by side in a McDonald's with the split screen again. The little boy scoots over. And when he scoots across the screen, you realize he's now an adult. It's her father, and he wants to give her this better childhood than he had. Or um, kind of—I don't know if it's better or just—it's like just more modern. More it's, modern. It's, I just think it's more of just like shared experiences. But the takeaway is you want your kid to have a better chicken nugget yeah, I mean, than course. you did. So <laughs> right. I mean, that I think that's, true. That, no, that, that's a good point. Yeah. So this whole time, and I, you know, now that I'm watching it with with two eyes instead of you know one eye and half an ear, mm-hmm. I kind of saw where the where the turn was going. Yeah, I saw, I, I predicted it or had a had kind of a feeling about halfway through. We're talking about it like it's a movie, but yeah, it but is it, like a movie. Well, it's, we always talk about these things like yeah. little movies. Um, and I have to say, I love it when McDonald's tries something like this. And I think this is pretty effective um, because they have defaulted so often to just like McDonald's is, you know, fast food that's cheap. And, you know, you can get... 19 million things for $5 at McDonald's. Um, so I like it when they do a little bit more storytelling mm-hmm. and that music is very effective. Oh, it's amazing. And of course that's, uh, you know, a iron wine cover of this famous Cindy Lauper oh, song. Time I love the original time. too. I love, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's where you just get me all over. Like, I love that song. I'd never heard the iron and wine version before. It's really great. Um, you know what that is? That's a Subaru commercial for Chicken McNuggets, is what that is. That's exactly right. Yeah, thank you. Every even a stop. Clock. I wonder. I wonder who the uh, who the ad company was. Yeah, I should have looked that up. Um, this is the one that you wanted to talk about, though. Here, let me just hit play on this because this this was totally new to me. This was your commercial, right? Yeah. I feel like they did a couple. So this is an M&M's commercial. And the visuals are all of those like animated sort of large size M&M characters. Yeah, yeah. Walking around talking. Yeah. I, I have a memory of a, an M&M commercial that used that song, This Is The Day. By the the by the the, which I actually I love that album, actually. Um, it's an old one, right? From the 80s, early yeah, 80s. I think it's I think. from the album The Dog. I, I can't remember. I don't know anything about the the. How have we been together this long? Do you want to? Do you want to bring me into the world of the the? Well, the I know reason, nothing. The reason about I have it. a couple of their albums is one of my ex boyfriends gave them to me. <laughs> Never so. mind. You know what? You go and you and your <laughs> the the albums can be happy together, right. as far as I'm concerned. But I feel like I remember a an Eminem's commercial that used that song, but it was more like just showing the candy. Kind of in situ. Oh, I see. Not the stupid character. I yeah, hate those. Yeah, I kind characters. of. I'm so over those characters. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I do like that. They don't song. think they I've want candy. Like no, I, they I don't. Want, I look at that commercial, and at the end of it, 
I have no craving for chocolate, which is statistically unlikely for me. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like tonally they're always off because we've talked about this before that you have the cannibalism thing. It's very unclear. Why is one M&M trying to get like, yeah. literally do these things get eaten at the end of the night when a sexy woman takes the one home? Like, what does that look yeah, like? Is you scream during it? Is it kind of sexy and kind of awful? Like, <laughs> it just raises all these questions that show. are really... Maybe that's our show title. <laughs> kind of sexy, kind of awful. Um, and then also, even in the ones where they're not trying to kill each other off and into some sort of quasi-cannibalistic kind of thing. The characters themselves are just off-putting. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a big fan. So I have two commercials here. When you uh, told me about the, the concept of the show, like, you know, you hear a song on the radio. Like, just let's forget everything we just said about commercials and overanalyzing everything. Yeah. You're in your car. You switch the radio dial and you hear... This this is my number one song associated with a product when you hear this. America is still the land of rugged individualists. I go around. I was strong as I could be. I go around. Nothing ever got to me. And every one of them demands something different from their Chevy truck. But they all want the same thing. I go the most dependable, longest-lasting trucks on the road. This could have to do with my age. I'm sure it does. But to me, there is no song more associated with a product that I simply could not listen to that song without just thinking it's a Chevy commercial the whole time. I will agree with you, but with this one caveat. When we were having this discussion uh, earlier this week about putting the show sheet together, you said, what's that truck commercial that uses like a rock. And I first Googled Ford. Oh, could or could have been GMC. Yeah. yeah. You know, actually, I'm, I'm going to do one more but thing. But I will I'm, say truck commercial for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just, and I hate that song too, Bob Seger oh, and the, yeah. Sil- the Silver Bullet Band. So to me, that, and I just kind of hate, sh- that's the thing. If you look, go back, listen to all the shows. Like Suddenly a I pattern is a emerging. bugaboo about Chevy. Like, I just like, I hate their style. I hate their style and the style of the cars. You see it in the, in the, um, advertising campaign as well it's all just like it's difficult to do cheese and g's anymore because all i want to do is talk about the latest one in that chevy campaign and how much i hate this new one but that's not great podcasting right no it's going to be it's going to start we're going to have to call it cheese and And chevy's cheese and chevy's How about that? I, like I will it. say this: there is a song uh, by a band that I used to be very into for for a while in uh, high school. That when you hear it, you think immediately of a commercial, or at least I do. But I don't know which one. This is a song that I just oh, think has ad council. Yeah, maybe it's specific, but I think it's just more like this is a commercial that has been used by every beer company okay. at some time or another. Yes. Right? Like oh I, my god, it's just a beer commercial. I'm just thinking of it. It's this a commercial on the fly, for all but, beer. Right. I mean, the, that guitar is perfect for it. And then what is the message? It's all right now. Because yeah, you have a beer. It's a jam, though. It is a jam. And all the beer commercials in the world can't really ruin this song. Yeah. Can I just listen to a couple right. more seconds? <laughs> Uh, I thought it was much later on. Uh, I love one. She said, love? <laughs> Load above. <laughs> now you got me talking about love. Okay. Uh, there, that Chevy truck is my number one. 
This is my number two. Yeah. If I were to ever hear this song in the wild, I would only think one thing. Da, da, da. And what a great ad this was. This is Hall of Fame material. Yeah. All right. This is kind of a hard one to turn on, too. I, I really like the song. So uh, the song is called Da Da Da, I Don't Love You, You Don't Love Me, Aha Aha Aha, by a German band called Trio. I don't think I knew that. I don't, this is one of those things where the commercial came on and the song seemed familiar right away, but you're just not sure if it's because of it's that kind of a song and that kind of a commercial. Or I if mean, it's technically this song is a pop song, but I think um, it doesn't have a lot of American recognition Unlike a lot of these other songs, song. yeah, it doesn't really have any other life in America except as a Volkswagen commercial. So the Volkswagen commercial, uh, for our for younger listeners, I guess who might not remember this, it was for a Volkswagen Golf. Uh, it came out in what the early '90s, I want to say. This ad, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and it's um, it's two friends driving around in this uh, red Volkswagen Golf. Uh, the driver is white. The uh, passenger is African American. They're young guys, probably in their early twenties, mm-hmm. late teens. They're just very chill. They're like not really talking, but they're just kind of like enjoying their drive. It looks like they're in L.A. That looked like the um, the L.A. River that they're driving over. Uh, they kind of drive around. They're doing nothing. They're doing I nothing. should say the name of the ad is called Sunday Afternoon. Like it is just a whole commercial about just driving around doing nothing. The only thing that really happens in the commercial is they spot a, a yellow armchair by the side of the road and they put it in their golf. Um, I think at, to illustrate that it is roomy. And then after a few minutes, they both start sniffing the air and realize that the, sh- the chair was thrown out because it's smelly and they drop it off again. Uh, but that's it. They just drive around in their golf and don't say a word to each other, but have a nice Sunday afternoon. Now, I do. There is a tagline that I didn't remember at the end of this thing that I think kind of puts, puts a, a point on the commercial. I think it's actually pretty good. I don't remember it verbatim. Let me just. German engineered Volkswagen Golf. It fits your life. Or your complete lack thereof. On the road of life, there are passengers and there are drivers. The complete uh, lack thereof. I didn't remember that line. So, that's yeah, so it's just about that's a, so Volkswagen. It's a, whole, it's a whole minute of these guys just doing nothing but waste their day and see, just seeming happy about it and yeah. content about it, I should say. Now, I think of this commercial because I remember something somebody said to me at the time when it was in heavy rotation and it might have been you Genevieve and I I can't get out of my head I remember somebody saying yeah that's really cool it's not explicit but that's like an early commercial where they're implying that these men are partners and I've heard that theory before I must have heard it from you yeah I I mean look it's there's nothing that explicitly contradicts that Mm -hmm. but that is that is not the vibe I get Me neither. from their relationship, from the from the way that their body language is with each yeah. other. And you know I would have no problem and, in fact, would be delighted to say otherwise. Right. But I just don't think that that's it. I, I mean, I think that it's fine to, like, have a sort of post, uh, you know, post-queer theory reading of that and, and maybe, like, but I, but I don't think that was ever the intent of... That they weren't just trying to do... I mean, we always use dog whistle in a bad way, but, like, could this be, you know, dog whistle in a good way? Just kind of saying, we are inclusive, like, our cars are for yeah, everybody. Yeah, I, I think that's giving it... That, I honestly that, think that's giving yeah. Volkswagen too much credit. Yeah. Uh, wait, hold on one second, though, here. I'm doing a lot of Googling on the fly, but I just Googled this question, uh, something about Volkswagen gay commercial or whatever, and the, my top hit is... An NPR story, 
and national public radio, sorry, from 24 national public radio, radio, uh, advertisers come out of the closet openly courting gay consumers. And then I saw that this song is uh, mentioned in here. Um, Robert Clara, a a staff writer for Adweek, compares it to a two-way mirror, the ads containing messages that straight audiences would miss but gay audiences would pick up on. Quote, if you were a member of the gay community and you saw an ad, you would say, they're talking to me, like you remember the famous VW Da 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 commercial. Um, Let's see. The 1997 ad for the Volkswagen Golf called Sunday Afternoon featured two guys driving around. It's been called Memorably Ambiguous. That's a textbook example, Clara says. Heterosexuals who saw those two just assumed they were friends or roommates, whereas the gay community assumed that they were boyfriends. So maybe it was done. I mean, this is, he's not the person who wrote it. Maybe this is like, maybe my read is like the typical, you know, oblivious heterosexual read. I I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't try to claim otherwise that I have any special insight into what a gay consumer would experience watching that. But I, we have, we've had for from some of our listeners who are gay, um, about other ads where, where that's been broached. Um, I would love for anyone who's listening, uh, who has a take on this and who feels one way or the other about it, uh, to write in and let us know what your read is. And is this, you know, is this sort of, uh, is this a, a post, a post production gloss on it? I mean, I think calling it, I think calling it ambiguous kind of covers the waterfront, right? Because they could have, they left it ambiguous mm-hmm. and, I suppose there's nothing to you'll never be able to prove one way or the other. So they, yeah, I mean I mean that's a question to me. I mean and the only way you could prove it would be by talking to somebody who's in the writer room, uh writer's and even room. Even if even if they were in the writer writer's room, I mean I think leaving it ambiguous you know kind of covers all your bases. But but like I'm I'm mostly interested in what a gay uh viewer would take away from that ad or if you remember seeing that ad yeah. when it was new, did you think did you have this thought like, oh, they're like this yeah. is a little bit of a of a heads up to or like a right. high sign to me? Uh, speaking of listeners, I want to get back to listener emails on the segment, but before I do that, I just I listed my number one, I listed my number two, and this would be my number three song associated with a commercial. When I hear this come on the radio, I think of one thing. I'm uh, not a singer. Um, uh, that, by the way, not Katy Perry. Whenever I was talking to some folks about this uh, sh- upcoming show this weekend, and I mentioned this song, they're like, oh, yeah, that Katy Perry song. I'm like, nope. It's the song that everybody thinks is Katy Perry. Her name is actually Sarah Borelli's. I think you pronounce her name. Are you? I've never. You know? I I meant to go and find someone who had recorded the 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 sound of her name. It's, it looks like it could be Borelli's or Borales or Borales. I don't know. Do you remember this video? By the way, I'm just showing you the music video for the song now. Um, it's it's. Uh, I don't think I, I ever saw this. I saw it a lot, and it's this video where she's singing, but then it just kind of again around L.A. or something like that. And it's it's very much like the Justin Timberlake video. I think Justin Timberlake's newest video r- rips this off. It's just like all these people of like regular body types just breaking into dance in workplaces out in the street in uh, libraries and it's just like i want to see you be brave and you know and everybody's just like dancing like nobody's watching vives and the reason i think i saw it a bunch was a bunch of people would send this to me because there's this one guy who dances in this right him who's just kind of like you know a somewhat pudgy bearded guy a wearing plaid a flannel shirt, shirt a plaid yeah. shirt that's untucked, and somebody's like, "Look, it's Walsh dancing in the street," uh, which makes me feel like I could. Uh... Is that whole um, 
Seth uh, Seth Rogen thing that we're all just like yeah we're all just it's Seth Rogen's uh, fashion world we're just living in it so anyway uh, that product if I mean I'm assuming this everybody has this association maybe not but that was used by a uh, Microsoft ad I believe Microsoft Surface I couldn't find the actual co- uh, commercial I looked really hard for this video uh, for this commercial and I think that Microsoft is pretty militant about taking down commercials for products that are no longer yeah. uh, being sold and this was an early version of the Surface which I'm sure uh, is not right. uh, offered or supported anymore uh, I'm pretty sure it was like the original first first generation Surface so, you know, I remember it as very much like an Apple uh, product style ad where it was just mm-hmm. the music and the, you know, the, the, the beautiful beauty shots of the surface turning in space, showing you this product. Um, and which I remember being successful and I, they took some heat and sl- bring it back. Okay. slash some ribbing in the press for having a campaign and they built some other ads around this song as well like showing customer use cases using this song with the with the tagline honestly um and this idea that you have to be brave to purchase a microsoft product in in, in an apple consumer tech world i think struck some people as like a little uh, a little oh poor me well you know what that's uh, things come full circle because that was the big criticism just the i guess last week at the apple the big yearly or whatever. Apple, the iPhone 7. The iPhone 7 announcement. Um, Tim Cook said something like, it's time to be courageous or something, applying the word courage to the product. And I don't remember the details of it's that. Because I think the big thing is that um, you know they've, they've dropped the traditional headphone jack. Right. So look at them being courageous, and you're going to be courageous by following their lead it's with this so product. It's so cynical. But yeah, it really I, is. Especially that... in this day and age, I just think we're more sensitive to that. And yeah. like, what is going on with all kinds of people around the world. I mean, look, I love that. I think that's a great song. I think it's a good, I think it has a great sort of tone and feel for Mm -hmm. a product. But I think if the not so subtle undertone or, 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 you know, message that you're supposed to be taking away from it is, Oh, I, I really need to like, you know, express my courage by purchasing a mass produced consumer product made by one of the most huge companies on the planet earth. Um, I would define courage for myself a little differently. Right, right. I don't know if that really belongs in profiles and courage. I know. I bought a. I bought a surface. I mean, I just see it. Both Where's ways. my medal? I understand why people who've actually had to do, who actually have to use courage in their life to get through certain things or right. face certain things, would be off put by that or put off by that. But I also think, God, it's but it's smart though because you are you're like the underdog. You have this product that you think is better than right. what they're doing the, the at, sort at of Mac. Status quo. Yeah, right. Or Apple or whatever. Mac. Mac or Apple. What yeah. do we use? These Apple. Apple. Um yet you think it's better, yet everybody like sheep, like is just like following, you know who did following that better, the though? Apple products. You know who does that way better? Mm. Those Samsung commercials where they see all the like sheep lined up to get their yeah. new iPhone and they that walk by is... like on their way to a movie and like oh, I can just check, you know, they like they show off their features of their Samsung Android phone to this line of like pathetic hipsters waiting desperately to get the new iPhone, and then they're mm-hmm. like off to see the movie. That to me is the same message, but done so much more effectively. Yeah. I, whenever I see those ads, I think like, "Yeah, I'm an Android user." Yeah. Our, our, um, did we already do a show about throwing shade or anything yeah, like we that? Did. Okay, that that's a perfect one. Um, quick, quick note on that song, by the way, "Brave," because because everybody thinks it's Katy Perry. I thought, you know what? I know Katy Perry uses one of those, um, like a lot of the pop song, pop 
song hit pop songs these days are written in Sweden. Um, and I'm like, I wonder if this was written by some the same person or the same company cranking out these pop right, songs. The pop song factory. Right, exactly. But no, Katy Perry wrote Roar because I think it's Roar that It we, sounds yeah. so much like Roar to me. Um, uh, she wrote that herself with somebody else, and well, then, well, yeah, her, her name she gets is the on credit, all of right. her songs. I do actually think Katy Perry is more than some a little. She is kind of a she probably yeah she probably has a little bit more uh, say in, in her songs, but um, uh, it's not. This song was written by Borelli's and Jack Antonoff from the band Fun. Oh, I like the band, Fun. and the singer was inspired from the struggles. I'm quoting this, I think, from Wikipedia. Singer was inspired from the struggles that a close friend a close friend dealt with in regard to coming out. So this is a song about courage, coming out of the closet, you know, being uh, being brave to do so. And then you're just kind of like, oh, yeah. And also, uh, you should come out of the closet and you should get yourself a, a Surface. It's so much better than an iPad. Uh, also of note, the video that I was describing before was not just me uh, flapping my gums for no reason. Directed by Rashida Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did a little research today, Veeves. Oh, she's a multi-talented, she's a triple threat. <laughs> she a really is. <laughs> she's a double threat. All right, uh, back to the listeners. What did David write in? Uh, David writes, Hey guys, as you may or may not know, the song Renegades that was a big uh, hit last year was written for Jeep Renegade commercials. Uh, maybe there's a show topic and music made for ads. There is, David. There's a show topic <laughs> and music made for ads. But this is baffling to me. So I have heard that song Renegade on the radio a million billion times are you honestly telling me that that was originally written for jeep renegade i have the whole story oh my god uh thanks to our friends at either ad week or ad age ad week i'm going to tell you all about it now i didn't even recognize the the song at all um or at least the name of it but then when i hit play on it i recognized it i had no idea it was ever used in a commercial oh i've seen it a lot in the jeep commercial i just know this song from the radio i thought i thought wow jeep was smart to notice that there was a song on the radio called renegade because they're selling their jeep renegade (laughs) this is like how they made the cartoon of gi joe to sell those toys this story is fascinating so (laughs) really quickly the band is called x ambassadors and for those who don't know we're talking about i'm going to hit play here uh this is the commercial now watch for some sweet ass crossover here okay also kind of hits on the courage thing in this a little bit yeah you gotta be a renegade you see he changed the dial on the radio but it's an xm and it says x ambassadors renegades and they're in the car and they're in the car you see the musicians in in the commercial You see quick shots of them in the studio, but mostly it's like people um, just out with their Jeep having fun and being brave. Like there's some line in there about have no fear. And you see these kids. They're like hopping fences, skinny dipping, skinny dipping, surfing. Um, and, uh, and then intercut with quick little shots of the band as well. Okay. Can I tell you the story of this? Yes. Can I let Adweek tell you the story of this? Um, I'm going to quote directly from the paper, but basically, this was a collaboration. This was not just a song that existed that Jeep grabbed, but nor was it written by a, a bunch of uh, copywriters. It's or not a ad- jingle. Yeah. So while developing Jeep's new campaign, Fiat Chrysler Chief Marketing Officer Olivier Francois yeah. asked Interscope Records for a song that might complement the brand's new marketing. 
Uh, this is a quote here from Steve Berman, vice chairman of A&M Records at Interscope Geffen. Olivier came forward and challenged us to deliver a song for him that had the theme and the spirit of the new Jeep launch. I would say when you read challenge, you should hear waved a lot of right, money exactly. at us. Backed a dump truck Backed filled with money <laughs> up to the door of Interscope Geffen A&M Records. Boy, are there any like that? That used to be three different record labels there. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, I love this. Coincidentally, ex-ambassadors were working on a song that had similar themes to what, what Francois was looking for. <laughs> Quote, sometimes you just get lucky in the timing of how things work. Work. Renegades was a piece of art they were already recording. If you look at the words of the song, this is still a quote. If I had given an agency the brief... It used brief, to be called Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the words of this song, if I had given an agency that brief, they would not have cracked a better script than ex-ambassadors did, said Francois. The script of the song is totally on brief. It's spot on. This is where... You're going to hate it. Jeep so much. The music is a smash. The hook is super catchy. But what really made me feel that the song was the campaign was the way they speak to the millennials being the modern renegades. The genius here is that you tie the name of the car, which is renegade, to the mindset of the target, which is the millennial target. I want to I want to put this guy and Matthew McConaughey in a barrel and roll it off of Niagara Falls. <laughs> Uh, Genevieve, that is what we call in the business <laughs> a power out. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I hope I didn't blab too much. I know sometimes I get too uh, excited. No, about I love this stuff. all the research this was, you did. This was a fun show, man. Yeah. Um, so thanks for the idea, and you 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 provided most of the the um, you and the, well, listeners, the listeners provided really all did. of the all the stuff, and I just like. Uh, I just kind of went on a deep dive on some of this stuff today. It was so much fun. Well, and I know we didn't talk about some of those. I know that Apple uh, and the iPhone and the iPad have made a lot of songs iconic as well. Yeah. And we didn't even dive into those. Um, uh, but I do know that they're out there. And maybe we could, like, maybe if, if you want to send us in a couple of favorites, either Apple products or any product that's used the song to great effect, uh, we'd love to talk about an ad council. Well, I had an idea I wanted to propose to you. And okay. I might as well do it on the air instead of off. Um, since we didn't do a traditional ad Ad Council segment today, and because of a, um, a shortened production schedule for us next week, why don't we catch up? I mean, I know you're flooded with emails and voicemails from the listeners. Do a voicemail segment? All voice? All? I'm sorry. All uh, Ad Council? Next all week? Ad Council next week. Let's do that. So, you guys, how do you get us your emails? You know this. You can email us at after these messages show at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us notes via Facebook. We're after uh, after these messages show there too, and we have a voicemail line. It's six zero seven four four four. 5597. 607-444-5597. Definitely send us a voicemail as well. It'll be fun to uh, spice up the show next week. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So next week, it's all about you guys. All right, Veeves. Thanks so much. Fun show. Fun show. Talk to the rest of you guys next Tuesday. like James Dyson. Google the devil, but I feel lucky. Extreme home makeover. Couldn't touch me. Backyard. Kitten.